Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Branch Life Church. My name is Josh, one of the pastors here at Branch Life, and we're in week two of our Rhythms series. And today, we're focusing our discussion on faith rhythms for your home. Hey, our home has become an extremely important place over the course of this last year. Some have said that our homes have become the new hub. We're going to school from home. We're working from home. We're worshiping from home. We can order groceries to our home. DoorJash brings dinner to our homes. And home is now our new hub. Home is an extremely important place. But during this pandemic, when dad's working and mom's helping with school and the kids are in cyber school and trying to do homework and and are going stir crazy, our rhythms for our home has been completely interrupted, completely disrupted. What you do in your home now is probably drastically different at this time last year. And, And maybe in this disruption, there is new opportunity in 2021 to establish new rhythms, rhythms that will intentionally strengthen your home. If home is your new hub, you have as a parent, as a spouse, as a family member, an opportunity to build into your home, your rhythms, healthy practices. Imagine if this time that has happened, this pandemic, Imagine if the result is better marriages, stronger relationships with our kids or with our teenagers, better connections with our young adults, stronger sibling relationships. What if if we came out of this at the other end stronger in every way? Today, we want to talk about what the Bible has to say about essential faith rhythms for our home. And remember, the home is the primary place that we're going to affect other people in a good way or in a negative way. In Matthew chapter 28 and verses 19 and 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. I want to, at the very start of this, say, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been given a mission. You have been given a purpose. And that purpose is to make disciples. That purpose for all of us is the same. And the place where we will play this out first and primarily is this within our own homes. Home is where our heart is. And home is where disciples can be and should be made. I want you to think about this thought. A spiritually healthy home is a home where discipleship is taken seriously. Let me say that one more time. A spiritually healthy home is one where discipleship is taken seriously. Maybe you've grown up in a home that was full of people that believed in the Lord Jesus. And maybe your home had some really intimate, personal, and intentional practices 
where you pointed one another to a stronger faith. But many of us have been grown up in homes where Jesus was an afterthought or Jesus wasn't a thought of all. Uh, many of us maybe grew up in homes where we did something at church on Sunday, but really for the rest of the week or when we were in our homes, we kind of just did our own thing. What's the key to having a spiritually healthy home? What's, what's the most important dynamic that could take place that can take, cause spiritual growth to take root in the lives of everyone who's a part of your family? Well, it's simply taking the mission seriously and taking the purpose that God has laid out for us to go and make disciples to be a home priority. Spiritually healthy homes make discipleship a priority. So you are probably asking yourself these questions today. How can I help my family spiritually? This is extremely important as we think about uh, this, these keys that we're going to talk about. Not everybody has a spouse, not everybody has kids, but everybody has a family. Even if you're a single adult living out there on your own, these principles that God gives us from His Word can matter to you and the way that you impact other people in your family. Everybody has a family. And maybe you are distant from your blood relatives. You still have an adopted family that these principles can and will and should apply to. For those of us that are married, for those of us that are in a relationship, we're going to talk about how we can help the other person, our spouse, grow spiritually. How can iron sharpen iron in a regular rhythm of life? And for those of us that have kids, we're raising up kids, whether they're, they're little tights, whether they're in elementary or high school, whether they're young adults or out of the house, how can we help our kids grow spiritually? And you may say, hey, it's too late for me. My kids have grown. It's too late for me. My marriage is over and there's nothing I can do. I want to encourage you right now. It is never too late to help someone else spiritually. And let's implement these rhythms now that we have a clean slate, now that home is our new hub, to spiritually encourage one another in an incredible way. So today, we're briefly going to talk about four keys to discipleship in our homes, in our families. And all of these four keys come right out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. I want to read these together. So if you have your Bibles, you can run to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse 4. If you have your pen, if you have your highlighters, I want to encourage you to get those ready. And we're going to highlight some of these incredible verses today. Here's what it says, starting in verse 4 in chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. As we get started today, let's pray together. God and Heavenly Father, in the craziness of the world that we live in, we look to you. God, we want to be people and families that take our spiritual health seriously. So God, will you help us to implement rhythms that will strengthen our homes? 
In these moments, God, we pray for our country. We pray for our leaders. We pray, God, that you would heal brokenness, that you would heal division. God, that you would strengthen our, our country and, and change things, make them better. And God, would you make things start with me and with my home? And will you help our homes to be a light for good in our community and in our country? Teach us today from these, these words of yours how we, God, can build spiritually healthy lives and homes. In your precious name we pray, amen. So today we're talking about four keys for, for spiritual discipleship in our homes. Let's jump into the first one. First, we simply need to believe it. We just need to believe it. Step one to having spiritually healthy homes is living in a way that believes God is real, God exists, Jesus is God's son, and that the Bible is God's word. Those are some incredibly uh, crazy claims that God sent Jesus who died on the cross and rose again from the dead to heal our brokenness. But these are incredibly important questions, not only that you need to answer for yourself, but that everybody in your family needs to answer. Where did we come from? Why is our world broken? What can we do about it? Those, those are incredibly foundational questions for every home. And, and if you're a follower of Jesus, you've answered these questions. We were created by God. Our world has been broken by sin. We can't do anything about it but put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the promise is when we believe in Him, when we believe in Jesus, that He heals our brokenness, that He becomes our Savior, and we follow Him as King. Man, it's, it's a powerful, powerful truth, and God's asking us to believe it. And so he says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. This is a personal command for every Jesus follower, that the thing that you should love the most in this world is not your spouse, is not your family, is not your dog. The thing you should love the most in this world is God. You have to believe it. If you don't yet have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ at branchlife.church, we have a whole page dedicated to this conversation. Go to branchlife.church and click on the gospel tab, and we'll talk to you about how to have a personal faith in Jesus. But I want to talk to those of you who know Jesus, and you want others in your family to grow spiritually. Where does it start? It starts with you. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. It starts with your heart. Are you all in to following Jesus? Are you passionate personally about your walk with God? There's some incredible worship songs that I, I love listening to when I'm riding in the car, when I'm studying for a sermon. I like having music on in the background. And, and one of these songs that's out right now says something to the effect, if we really believed in God, then every pew, church pew would be full. And, and there's a lot of us that say we believe in God, that we know God, that we love God, but we don't live like we need God. In, in this moment, God is saying to you and me, love me with absolutely everything, and this needs to be the beat of your heart. Spiritually, spiritual health in the home starts with you. This is a powerful thought that I want you to, to, to allow to sink in today. Spiritual health in the home starts with with you. If you want a spiritually healthy home, if you want to have a positive impact in your marriage and on your kids, kids, if you want to impact your parents, it, young adults, if you want to impact your siblings, uh, your mom, if you want to help your younger brother, 
A spiritually healthy home starts with your heart. Your heart beat for God. In Luke chapter 6, in verses 43 through 45, we kind of sum it up by looking at a few of the verses. It says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. The good person, out of a good treasure of his heart, produces good. What's the key to a good home, to good family relationships? It starts with goodness in your heart. Branch Life Church, we are named on the verse from John 15 that says the same thing. The deeper our connection to Christ, if we abide in Christ and He abides in us, we, apart from Him, can do nothing. But connected to Him, we can bear much fruit. If your own heart is connected to God, it will have a positive impact on your spouse and on your kids. It'll have a positive impact on your parents and on your friends. You're one of the most powerful reasons we should follow God is because of the impact that that has on other people around us. The deeper our connection to Christ, the farther our reach, the better our fruit, and the more that we can help others around us, provide shade, sustenance, and shelter. So how is your personal walk with God going? As we think about this powerful challenge, the single most influential person in your family's life is you. I, for many years, was a pastor to teenagers. I loved having personal time and discipling teenagers, but I'll tell you the truth, I got them one, two, or maybe three hours a week. As families, you are together for five, eight, nine, ten hours a day. You have an incredible opportunity to have the most impact on the people you spend the most time with, and that's those in your family. You are the most influential person in your family's life. Now, what are you going to do with that influence? Hey, bind God on your heart and then impact those around you. It's going to make the biggest difference. You are the difference maker in the family, in the lives of the family members around you. Now, at Branch Life Church, we believe we're better together. And God has called the church to gather as a family. So church is incredibly important. And we will work together as a church to help kids, to help teenagers, and to gather together as families and as adults in our small group setting. We are extremely excited about 2021 and the opportunity that we have to relaunch Rhythms for kids, rhythms for teenagers, rhythms for adults, for marriages, for singles. And so if you are ready to be a part of these rhythms corporately, and God encourages us to do that, I, I'm going to encourage you to be with us next week when we talk more about spiritual rhythms for your church. And we are launching and announcing even this weekend what's coming up for teenagers, where we're going with kids ministry, what we can look forward to with small groups. And God is on the move in our church. Take advantage of the church to help your own spiritual heart and the heart of your family. But as we're talking about this discussion, think about what we talked about last week in part one of our rhythm series. What are your personal faith rhythms? What are you doing for your own heart. It's the most important first step in helping your family. Faith rhythms are intentionally repeated moments of prayer and Bible reading and worship that you participate in. If you have any thoughts about this or you want to dig into that more, jump back to last week's talk online and you can look at how important prayer, Bible reading, and worship is and some ideas of how you can implement that in 2020. 
So as you gather around and you think about your own love for God with all your heart, soul, and mind, what are your personal faith rhythms? Your homework is to share those rhythms with someone. Tell us some stories. What has worked for you in helping you grow closer to God? Uh, the second thing, that the second key for discipleship in the home is to say it. We've got to talk about spiritual things with one another, and we've got to talk about spiritual things in our home. I grew up in a pastor's home. I heard my dad talk about spiritual things a lot on Sunday mornings from the pulpit. He would preach and he would teach and he would explain God's word. He would explain the meaning of it. He would talk about how it impacted himself and, and our home. And then when he would get home, guess what my dad would do? He would talk about spiritual things. I grew up in a home where it was normal to talk about spiritual things. And that's got to be a practice that we have in our home. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 as it reminds us about this. You shall teach them how the words, how to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, diligently to your children. Teach, say, speak, explain, apply, illustrate. We do all of that when we teach diligently our kids the words from God. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk, by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. The second key to discipleship in your home is to say it. Your words are always making disciples. This is a powerful thought that I want you to concentrate on for a moment. Your words are always making disciples. The question is, what kind of disciples are you making? Maybe your house, you are a football fanatic home. You, you love football, you have your favorite team, all of you have matching jerseys, you have the schedule posted up on your refrigerator, you're not going to miss those games, you're going to prep your favorite meal, you have your traditions, you cheer for them, and when they win, you celebrate, and when they lose, you go into mourning, because that is what football houses do. And you talk about what went well and what went bad. You talk about your favorite players and who needs to be traded and what coach needs to be brought in. And if you're a football house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You spend energy speaking about the thing that you love. And if all you talk about in your house is football, then you are making football disciples. You're making followers of football. There are so many things that we talk about in our house. And what we talk about the most, what we say, will show others what is superior, what is most important to us. Maybe it's football. Maybe it's entertainment. What's on television that night? Maybe it's your kids' sports. Maybe it's getting good grades in school. Maybe it's how that car project is going. Maybe it's the work that you're a part of. Maybe it's the relationships that everybody else has. What do you talk about in your home? If you're not talking about spiritual things, then you are not making spiritual disciples. We've got to intentionally use our words in our homes to make spiritual disciples. So how do we do that? Let me introduce to you a thought, and this is one way to do it. It's something called spiritual, uh, family discipleship time. You can call it family devotions. You can call it family gatherings. It really doesn't matter what you call it, but it's, it's this intentional time built into your family rhythms for praying, for discussing, and for living out the gospel. Intentional discipleship time. When does your family gather for the 
specific express purpose of prayer. When do you gather expressly and on purpose to read the Bible? When do you gather to talk about spiritual things, to ask spiritual questions, to worship together spiritually? Is there a rhythm that takes place in your home to do just that? When are you planning to speak about spiritual things? Remember, Deuteronomy, God tells us that he wants us to teach diligently one another. He wants us to say and to talk about spiritual things all throughout our lives, where we go, where we sit, where we walk. What are your rhythms? In our homes, there's lots of opportunities to build in this rhythm. There's no one way to do it. There's millions of ways to have family discipleship time. And it's probably going to change for you over your seasons. If you're a retired couple living all by yourself, your family discipleship rhythm is going to be different, very different, than those young parents that have four kids that are all under the age of seven who are just incredibly crazy and there's a newborn that's keeping them up at night. Your rhythms don't have to look like other families, but I want to encourage you to talk to other families about their rhythms. So what are some of your family discipleship rhythms? Maybe you're a family that gathers around the, the, the dinner table, and the dinner table is an incredibly important opportunity to get together around a meal, whether it's breakfast or whether it's dinner, whatever's most appropriate for your family. And before or after the time of eating, maybe that's when you pray together intentionally. You take a couple extra moments to allow each person to share what they would like to pray about. And, and somebody, maybe it's the same person, maybe it's a different person, every meal leads you in prayer. More than thank you for this food, but let's pray for each other. Let's pray for our day. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for our church. And you do that every time you have a meal around that table. Worshiping together as a family is an incredibly important rhythm that we have in our lives. And, and is that something that your family leans into? Or is that something that your family leans away from? Our worship rhythms have been interrupted. And again, next week we're going to talk about how important those are. But as a family, you need to make this an intentional rhythm that you are committed to so that you can speak to one another about spiritual things. When you drive home after church, what did you learn? What did you, what did you think about? What song did you like? Why did you like it? Those are some incredibly important moments that can be intentional for spiritual discussion. A lot of, a lot of people have a, a bedtime routine. Heard about a mother today that when she puts her kids into bed, they have a time where they sing songs together, spiritual songs. That's intentional spiritual communication. That's family discipleship time connected to a rhythm of a bedtime routine. Maybe dad, you get together and you read a Bible story. Maybe mom comes in and has a specific time of prayer. I sing the same song to my kids every night about how much I love them and about how much God loves them. Why? Because it's intentional spiritual development in my, in my home. And, and one of the things that we did as a family growing up, and we still do today with my parents, is whenever we had a vacation, whenever we were out and it was a different season for us, my dad would implement daily devotion times where we gather together as a family and we dig a little bit deeper, take a little bit of extra time reading a book together, reading a, a book of the Bible together, talking about some, some verses, praying longer and more intently. These times of gatherings, these times of discipleship are so important. What is your intentional family discipleship rhythm? If you need more ideas, I want to give you a resource. 
that you guys can get a hold of. This resource, which is called Sticky Faith, has everyday ideas to build faith in your family rhythms. There's like 101 different ways that you can intentionally involve discipleship, family devotions, Bible reading, prayer, and worship into your routines. So if you need ideas, if you're ready to go, you just don't know where to go with it, grab this resource, Sticky Faith, by Karen Powell and by Chad Clark, and you can use this as a resource. If you really need one, let me know. I'll give you my copy. The third thing that is a key to discipleship, and we'll, we'll cruise through these last two really quick, is number three, together as a family, we have to live it. Look at Deuteronomy chapter six. When you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, this is when you have to talk about this stuff. We have to live this now as we move through life. Back in the Bible times, they, they would talk about sitting in their house. Sitting in their house in Bible times looks very different than sitting in our house today. Where is your seat in your house? That's, a, that's an important question. Uh, most dads have a seat. Uh, my father-in-law had a giant recliner that looked like it was bigger than any love seat. And it was his spot. It was his seat. As a matter of fact, as a son-in-law, I was not permitted to use his recliner. And if I or even his own grandkids would get on his, his lazy boy, then we were quickly taught our place. And he got his seat. Where's your seat? Maybe you have a seat at the dining room table. That, that's when you have a meal together. You always sit in the very same spot. That's your seat. But think about what we do in our houses when we're sitting. Now we sit in front of a television. We watch shows, we watch the news, we grab a computer, we play video games. There's a lot of sitting that takes place in our house. Where you spend your time in your house will communicate to others what is of supreme value to you. If all of your time is in front of a television, then other people will believe that's what's most important to you. If it's in front of a game, console, if it's in, if it's in front of the, the dining room, the kitchen table, eating food, if it's always sitting down and doing your homework, then, then that's probably what's most important to you. What God is telling us for our spiritual rhythms is that we've got to do things intentionally that communicates the importance of spiritual growth in our lives. When we sit, when we walk, in Bible times they walked everywhere. Now we drive everywhere. Your drive can be an uh, incredibly important time to take advantage of spiritual development. When you're driving your kids to school, when you're on your way to that game that's two hours one way, when you're going back and forth to church, what happens in the car? Is everyone on their devices? Do they put their earphones in? Or are you talking together as a family? If everyone's listening to their own music, well, then you know what's most important, your music. What about one another? So what are these times that we intentionally use in our life to develop each other spiritually? Listen, you're always making disciples by your example. I can talk to you about spiritual things, but when I live out my spiritual belief, it's as important as those intentional conversations. I want to encourage you as parents or as teens to be all in on your spiritual faith and to do things that cause yourself to go grow spiritually and to get caught doing them. Uh, the Bible says that we're supposed to go to a quiet place, a secret place to pray. I knew my dad's secret place to pray. 
Because I would try to find my dad, and I want to tell him something, or I want to go find him, and we, we, I, I bust into his quiet time, and, and I would know, oh, don't bother him now. He's, he's praying. This is his prayer time. This is his Bible study time. Those moments where I saw my own dad on his knees praying were incredibly important and pressurable moments on my life. When you live out your faith, other people will see what is important to you. And is your spiritual walk important? If it is, live it. And let other people see it. And then what I want to encourage you to take, to build in family discussion moments. This is a little bit different than discipleship moments. Family discussion moments are small moments, both intentional and spontaneous, found in your family rhythms that result in spiritual discussion. There's going to be moments all along the way that you can take advantage of, that you can say, hey, we're going to have a spiritual talk. Every problem can be an opportunity to have a spiritual discussion. The principal calls and your son has been suspended and now he's going to have to be home for three days from school. Hey, that is a moment for some spiritual discussion. Spontaneous, not planned, but let's talk about what happened and let's turn this challenge into an opportunity. Oh, family, you have just been exposed to COVID and now you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days. That is a spontaneous moment where you now have an opportunity to have spiritual discussion like you have never had before. I've talked to some families that are in quarantine and they're like, we're going stir crazy. We've caught up on all of our Netflix. We've, we've wiped out Disney Plus and we just really literally don't know what to do with ourselves. Family discussion moments. Let's talk about something spiritual. Let's challenge each other. Let's, let's ask them what we learned from our last Sunday series. Let's talk about what we're reading in the Bible. And maybe let's do it for an hour every night. Why? Because we have nothing else to do when we're in quarantine. These moments are incredibly important and powerful. These unplanned moments can be some of the most impactful moments that you've had in your life. When you're falling asleep or when you wake up in the middle of the night and you say, Mommy, I've had a bad dream. And Mommy comes in and says, Tell me about that dream. And then Mommy gets to say, Do you know that God loves you and protects you even when you're sleeping? Maybe there's those moments when you're driving to that athletic game and he just lost and he tried as hard as he possibly could. And Mom looks back at him and says, Listen, if you did your best, if you did everything that you could, it's okay. That's what God asks us to do. And God says that he'll take everything hard and he'll turn it together for good. And maybe you will be a better team because you lost this game. That's how God works. That's a spontaneous discipleship moment. Maybe when you're gathered together at your mealtimes, you can ask questions about, hey, who has a question about something God does or did? And maybe that little kid will ask about heaven. Maybe that teenager will ask about prophecy. Maybe that grandmother will ask about a verse that she read for the hundredth time in Psalms. And you can have those question times happening just in your regular moments. What small moments made a big impact in your life? I remember those moments that weren't planned, where my parents, where my siblings, where other people who were a part of our routines and our rhythms spoke truth to me and encouraged me, and it made a big impact. And finally, the last thing that we're told in Deuteronomy for a key to spiritual development in the home is to share it. We're told to share the words of faith that God has given us. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. We're supposed to write this on the fence posts of our house. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. Why? 
Why? So that you remind yourself to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and so that everyone else who comes into your house is, is reminded, is told, is communicated with that this is a house that loves God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Every time your kid comes through your gate, we're a house that loves God. Every time grandma comes over for a visit, she sees that we're a house that loves God. Every time your neighbor, your mailman, your prime delivery man walks up to your house, they would see that God, this is a house where God is loved with all our heart, soul, and mind. Listen, in the book of Joshua, Joshua is, is hearing from God and he's talking to the country and he says, listen, we have to choose who we're going to serve. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. And here's the, here's the proclamation Joshua says. He says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He put it right out there for everybody to see. He put it right out there so nobody would be confused about who Joshua was and what his family stood for. I want you to think about this. Your home can be a powerful tool to reaching people. Your home, your family working together can be used by God in incredible ways to reach people. Your home, uh, hospitality, having people over. Your home as a, being a place where you create videos and posts that communicate your love and faith for God. Your home working together to help build your church and support your church. Making meals for other people. Coming together to do service projects or work projects. Helping your, your teenagers' friends. Helping your, your kids' uh, teacher in school. Helping your grandparents' neighbors down the road, all of these things you can do together as a family and have an incredible impact for Christ. Your home can be that tool. And a spiritually healthy home is a powerful home that God can use to reach people. And one of the best ways your family can grow together is by serving together. One of the best ways you can grow spiritually is to say, hey, we are going to serve other people, and we're going to take our time, our energy, our effort to serve someone else. Maybe your intentional family discipleship time is on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but on Thursday and Tuesday, maybe those are days that you serve somebody else, that you, you give to someone else, that you use your gifts and talents for someone else, and you do it together as a family. So I want to challenge you as a family to be involved in family service projects. These are planned family rhythms designed to serve and help and give Jesus to others. How can you, as a family, serve someone, help someone, and give Jesus to other people? And maybe you've never thought about doing this together as a family. Maybe you've thought about yourself serving, but you've not thought about your family serving. And you're like, I don't even know where to start. Start with a family discipleship time and put the question on the table, guys, what can we do as a family to love, to help, serve, or reach people? And then come up with a plan. Talk it over. I love seeing families serve together at Branch Life Church. I think about the Chloe family. Uh, Jeffrey Chloe will sing up on the platform and his wife will often be on the computer running the lyrics and the son greeting outside. That's a family serving together in lots of different ways. Todd Kirchner running the soundboard while his son Ben is playing the electric guitar. That's, that's a family serving together. We have so many examples of different families that can serve together in different ways. How about your family serving at the church? What about your family getting together to help 
another person? What about your family doing a family missions trip or a family service project where you go somewhere? It doesn't have to be big. It can be small. But there can be lots of ways that you can work together to serve people. So what are the ways you can serve together? We do meal projects every Wednesday and, and Saturday. We're having a renovation projects here at the church where you can paint together as a family. On Wednesdays, you probably have neighbors that are quarantined that you can go together pick up groceries for. I love making some Costco runs over the course of the, of the pandemic and being able to hand that, those things out to neighbors and to, to community centers and to homeless shelters. But my favorite Costco runs are the runs where my daughter or my son or my wife comes with me. And we pack up the food together and we put it in the truck and we're out in the cold and we drive over to where we're going to drop it off and we deliver it and, and we're able to say, hey, I hope this helps. As a family, we served together at the Christmas giveaway for the Pottstown Area Children's Foundation. The kids dressed up as elves. My wife put on a reindeer hat. I just stayed normal old me. And we got out there and we were able to, to help give 800 gifts away that day. And we did it as a family. And then we had some of those spontaneous family moments where the kids were asking, why didn't they get any gifts? Well, we were giving gifts away to kids that didn't have gifts. And you get a lot of gifts. And all of a sudden, we're talking about God's blessing. And how to serve. So what can you do together as a family? Maybe it's with your church. Maybe it's in your community. Maybe it's just helping somebody you know. Do you have faith rhythms for your home? And in 2021 is your opportunity to establish or reestablish intentional faith rhythms that will make all the difference for a spiritually healthy home. Let me encourage you this way. Set a plan. Set a plan for how you're going to pray together, read the Bible together, serve together, and worship together. And come up with that plan and, and try to work through it. If it doesn't work out, come up with another plan. Maybe you can grab a, a group Bible study. You can use the on-track devotions. We can come up with ideas. But here's something I want to say as we close out. Don't forget to have fun. Spiritual discipleship, spiritual growth is not all serious and boring and strict. Spiritual discipleship can be fun. Serving together can be fun. Praying together can be fun. Reading the Bible together can be fun. Do it in fun ways. Do it in creative ways. When you sing together, when you serve together, when you worship together, have the joy of the Lord. And I, I promise, I guarantee, when your kids see how much fun it is to follow God, to serve God, to get together as a family, to pray together, that you guys will instill in one another spiritually healthy habits that will make an impact for a lifetime. So these rhythms that we've talked about today are so extremely important. I hope you'll take some time to share with us some of your family rhythms. Give us some of your ideas. Let us know uh, some ways that you have been encouraged. And if you have any questions, please take the next couple of minutes to go ahead and fill out your connection card and connect with us today. If you have any questions about your own personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, our gospel tab on our website is there for you, and you can dive deeper into that conversation. And next week, I want to encourage you to join us again as we talk about the all-important rhythms for your church. How can I love church? How can I love being a part of my church? And this is a, a powerful discussion that's incredibly important for our day and for our culture. Remember, all of our rhythms have been disrupted. So let's talk about how we can get get a rhythm of worship in a way that's most effective for my life and for our family and our communities today. Thank you so much for joining us here at Branch Life Church. We hope to see you again next time as we go into part three of our rhythm series.